Welcome to a new episode of Saturday Soundbites, the vibrant and powerhouse podcast where we discuss all things visibility strategy, public relations, marketing, advertising, branding, and earned media engagement. My name is Veronica V. Sofer, and I'm your host. You know, your personal brand is the basis of your visibility strategy, and I'm committed to bringing you innovative, passionate, and successful experts who are going to teach you how to develop and enhance your visibility strategy. So whether you're an established business owner, online entrepreneur, or working professional, Saturday Soundbites is going to be your go-to podcast to hear from experts and learn executable tasks that you can start today. Be sure to check out my website, veronicavsofer.com, to learn more about what you need to have a strong and impactful visibility strategy and to see some of the powerful courses I have created for those of you who are really ready to do it DIY style. So let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to Saturday Soundbites. I'm your host, Veronica Sofer. I'm thrilled to be here with you on Saturday Soundbites because we talk about all my favorite things, including public relations, marketing, advertising, branding, and all the good stuff you need to make sure you are growing your business, showing up the way you want to show up, and make sure that you are attracting the right kind of people to grow your business and the projects that you are passionate about. So I've got an amazing guest today. I'm so excited. We're going to bring her on in just a moment. But before we get started, let's take care of some house keeping if you are listening on the podcast make sure you hit subscribe we don't want you to miss any episodes of saturday sound bites and if you're watching on youtube or on facebook drop us some comments and my guest and i will be sure to circle back with you so let's go ahead and get this show started i have the amazing april april hyatt joining us hi april hey how are you so excited. I'm great. I'm great. I love Saturday mornings because we get to talk about all kinds of really great stuff on visibility strategies. I'm very excited. I, in fact, I've been going fast back and I've been going through and listening to like all of the podcasts, all the ones that I've missed in the past, um, even this morning while I was out walking. So I'm excited. Oh, great, great, great. So, you know, one of the things we try to do here is make sure we're bringing on guests that have great insight as folks are thinking about how to get out there and how to really um, express what it is they're doing and attract the right kinds of business. And I know we're going to talk about websites here in just a second, April, but tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your your journey and your path to get you to where you are. Okay, sure. So a um, long time ago, this might tell you how old I am. I was teaching adults at the Applied Technology Center, and I was actually teaching on how to use the internet. It was that long ago when it had just come out. They didn't know how to how to even get on, how to send emails, just all of that stuff. But in I was young at that time, and I had a few children, and I decided that I wanted to stay home with my kids. So I did. I took a lot of years off. I won't tell you how many, but I took a lot of years <laughs> off and just was home with my kids. And my I have three children, and my second one is a son, and he was a teenager at the time. And he was having some mental health struggles, and I just didn't know how to help him. I, I really had no idea. I was doing the best I could. And, you know, like most moms, we just kind of don't know what to do sometimes, and I needed help. So I did what most people do. I went on the internet, I searched for help, and I looked and I looked, and I really could not find anywhere that I felt like was going to help my son. So I was talking with a friend, and she said, hey, you really ought to talk to this company, and, you know, I promise they can help you. And I said, okay, well, let me just check them out. So I checked out their website and it was really bad and they just looked so bad online that I just thought, and there was just really no information on there. And I thought, you know what, I, I don't think they can help me. I just, I, I don't think they're the right company for me. I just don't think they have what I'm looking for. 
So I didn't do anything. And about a week later, I talked to the friend again and she said, April, you really need to call this company. Have you called them yet? And I said, no, I just, I don't think they're it for me. And she said, I promise you just ignore their website. They're, they're going to be the answer. So because of her, I called them and actually they were exactly what I was looking for. Wow. I just would have never figured it out based on their website. So after my son had been working with them for several months and they really were so good and so helpful and he made huge improvements, I happened to be talking to the owner of the company and I said, you know, I would have never come here just based on your website alone because it didn't give me the information that I wanted. And he said, well, do you, do you want to make a new website for us? And I said, um, are you kidding me? Like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Are you sure? He said, actually, yes, I am sure. Who better to make our website than somebody who knows exactly what moms are looking for on it? Yeah. So I said, okay, you know what? Yeah, sure, I can do this. And, and let me just tell you, I'd never built a website before ever. But I thought, you know what? I can do this. I, you know, I'd been teaching adults for years. I'm familiar with the internet. I'm familiar with stuff. I can do this. So I did. I learned everything I took. I could. I took courses. I, you know, I spent lots of time just doing the prep work ahead of time, learning as much as I could, learning more about the company. I built their website. And then this particular company has several different um, programs and different kind of mini businesses within. And so after I built the one, he said, you know what, this is great. Can you build the other 10 of these? So I did. <laughs> and then there were several therapists that worked there. And he said, can you, you know, I had people coming to me and that was eight years ago. And so in the middle of that, I found that I loved, loved, loved it. But what I really liked was just being able to help the businesses that are really helping families and moms and serving yeah. people be able to tell their story, but more than that, tell exactly what they're doing so that when people like us are looking for help, we can find it. And mm -hmm. so I found my passion in all of that. And eight years later, I'm, I love, love, love it. And my business has just grown over that time. Oh, I love that story. That's a fantastic story. And I love that it came from the heart and it really came out of serving. Um, and it's just so important that people know what you're about and how you can help them. And if you're not articulating that on your social media, on your website, on your printed materials, it's not going to come through and people are going to, you're going to miss that business opportunity to engage. So I love that story, April. Um, so tell me a little bit about websites. They've evolved over the years and we, you know, we saw the emergence of e-commerce. We've seen all kinds of things happen for us, but what are some of the, the things that the trends that you're seeing now that people need to be mindful of as they're thinking about their website? So, you know, it's kind of interesting because you're right. Websites have evolved and changed over the years, but the one thing that has remained constant or that should remain constant is just keeping them clear and concise and just saying exactly what it is you do. Sometimes people get really caught up in the trends and all the new things and they add like all the cool stuff, like all these, these, you know, motion things that zip in and this drops down and this spins around and, you know, they do all this stuff and they move things around. And the problem with that is when somebody's just looking for answers to a problem, all that stuff doesn't really matter. Just say what you need to say and be clear about it. And that's the best thing you can do on your website. Yeah, 
Oh, that's such great advice. Because sometimes that animation is great the first time you go to their website, but the third and fourth time you go, you're like, yeah, I saw that already. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it just gets annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. What, um, how do you recommend people get started? Um, I know that there are some people who are steadfast. They think that they've got to code everything. And there are others who just want to drop and play. And how do you guide people when they're thinking about starting a website or developing one? How, how does one even figure out what the right way to go about it is? So to be honest with you, first of all, it doesn't, well, okay. I'm a WordPress website designer, but I have never coded in my life. I don't code. There are enough page builders out there that you can build an amazing website, even in WordPress, using a page builder. But at the end of the day, for most people, it doesn't matter which technology you use. It doesn't matter if you use WordPress or Weebly or Wix or Squarespace or Shopify or whatever it is you're using. Just pick one, figure out how to use it, and go for it. But the biggest problem that people make is they don't plan their website ahead of time. Mm. They just pick a platform, get on there, import a template, and then just start throwing stuff on it. Uh. And that's probably the worst thing that you can do. If you will sit down for like an hour or two and plan your website out first. And what I mean by planning is you need to know who it is you're talking to. You need to know what problem it is you're solving. You need to know what your solution is to the problem. Like, what is it you want people to do when they get to your website? What's the purpose of your website? You do need to think about your branding because you're going to want to be consistent all the way through your website. You don't want to pick 20 different colors and change them up all, you know, 20 different right. times. You don't want to pick different fonts. And there is more to branding than just colors and fonts and logos. So don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I know you do a ton of stuff on branding, so this isn't specifically about that, but you do want to be or consistent on yeah. your website with your branding. So you have to do some thinking before you just sit down with a blank screen and just throw something on there because then it, it doesn't do you any good. Then it ends up being like those websites that I went to that I couldn't find the answer. I was looking for something specific. I needed somebody to help. And if you just throw your website up without thinking about it first, then that's what you end up with is people get there and they can't figure out how you can help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I liked the idea of the owner coming to you and saying, um, you've got great perspective as a mom. So how do you get that kind of um, insight? How do you figure out what your ideal con consumer or target audience needs? How do you get that from them and get them to articulate it in a way that you can take to that strategy meeting and take care of it? So a, a couple of different ways, but um, probably the easiest ones is just listen to people. So my guess is you're going into a business because there's something that you're good at and something that you do and you've helped people. So take a step back and first just notice what are people asking you? What are they coming to you that they want help with? They're coming to you for a reason. What problem is it that they want solved and how are they feeling when they're coming to you? Because it's not just about, I mean, it is about overcoming a problem. Don't get me wrong. But people are will take action because they are emotional about something. We're emotional yeah. people. And yeah. so, you know, I was a mom. I was in pain. My kid was in pain. I didn't even care how much it cost. I just needed help for my son. And I needed to know that you could help me. So you have to be able to 
to listen when people are talking and then hear their pain, hear their emotions. So one, listen when people are talking to you and asking you questions. And then you can go online and hear what people are asking. If you're in Facebook groups, take a look at those questions. What questions do people ask in the groups? If you're on Google even, you could just Google um, a question that you might have. And then if you scroll down to the bottom of the page on Google, it says other questions that people might have or related questions. Right, right. And they're all listed on there. Yeah. I mean, the information is there. You just have to pause to look for it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a great idea. I hadn't even thought about that because we get kind of hung up on how am I going to get focus groups? How am I going to get people to fill out these surveys? How am I going to, but that's a really great way to do it. Um, because the likelihood is they've already shared their preferences. You just got to go find them. Right. You know, and another way that's really good too, if there are books in your area of expertise that are on Amazon, go look up those books on Amazon And then look at the reviews and see what people are saying in the reviews. Now, obviously, they're going to be talking about the book, but often they will say things like, you know what, I was struggling with X, Y, and Z, and this book totally helped me to solve that problem. Well, now that just tells you what people are struggling with and what they were looking for answers for. Yes, that's brilliant. Oh my gosh, April, you just blew my mind. That's fantastic (laughs) insight. And I think our audience is going to love that. Um, shifting gears just a little bit, what are some of the, um, not, I wouldn't say mistakes, but what are some of the pitfalls that you see, um, website DIYers, I guess, doing at the, at the very beginning, other than, you know, not having a strategy, like you said, in terms of the technical part that sometimes you have to come in and support them with and clean up a little bit. So, you know, technically most people do okay on the website stuff. It's, it's in how they lay it out, I guess, Uh, is the best mm -hmm. way to put it. So a couple of tips I'll give you the the number one big, biggest mistake that I see is that people are not clear at the very top of their website. So typically you have about five seconds when somebody gets to your website, you have five seconds to tell them who you are, or who you help, what you do, and the problem that you solve. And then in that five seconds, the person's going to decide, okay, do I, is this person, can this website or this company help me? Am I going to keep scrolling? Am I going to read the rest of their website? Or am I going to be like, yeah, no, they can't help me. And then you click out. So the, the, the mistake that people make, like, first of all, sometimes they'll make their header this big, and then they'll just have this much space to put the rest of their stuff, shorten up your header. Like that is prime real estate right there at the top of your website. Don't make it all about your header. Make your logo smaller, make your navigation smaller, do something so that your heading is small. And then that top section, it's called the hero section, but you want that top section of your website to really talk to people because that is where you're going to hook them. You don't have to give them all the information right there, but you have to give them enough information that they know they're in the right place. Yep. You can solve their problem. And now they're going to scroll down. That's, that's the number one thing that I see. And then the second thing that I see most often is people use jargon words, meaning Mm. that they use words that are, that's common in their own industry, but it's not common to the outside world. 
So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. One of them is some people call themselves a transformational coach. That is awesome. But I don't know what that means. If I'm a mom and I need help, or, you know, even if I'm just, you know, a woman and I'm, I'm ready for the next phase of my life and I get to a website and it says, I'm a transformational coach. And I'm thinking, okay, do I need a transformation? I just need to like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm an empty nester. My kids are out of the house. I just don't know what the next steps are. What do I do now? And then I think, um, eh, I, don't, I don't need a transformation. I'm good. You know, so you've got to speak to that one. Or another example that I see a lot, I, and I don't know why I happen to work with um, mostly coaches, therapists, consultants, just in that realm, healers, course creators, surface-based businesses. But um, there are a lot of betrayal trauma coaches out there. And unfortunately, I, I, unfortunately, there are there's a need for a lot of them. But a woman who is in that place, who has just found out that, you know, for example, something's been going on in her marriage and she just wasn't aware of it. She's upset. She's distraught. She's devastated. But she has never heard the word betrayal trauma before. So yeah. if she's looking for help and she gets to your website and all you talk about is betrayal trauma, but you don't explain what that means. If yeah. I'm the woman in that place, I have no idea that you're for me because I've never heard those words before. Mm -hmm. So just be careful that you're using the words that somebody who's never met you or never used your services before will understand and don't use those jargon words that are just in your industry that everybody uses, but somebody coming in doesn't know what it means. Yeah, that's some really great advice, April. I like that because I hadn't thought about how if you don't know what you're looking for, but you know you're looking for something or someone that that they wouldn't know to to Google those words exactly. Um, and unless you said like go, you know, give you a good, clear, concise definition that might seem relatable. But there you go again. How much real estate are you going to be able to spend at the at the top? So that's certainly something to consider. Um, what are some of the challenges, and maybe this isn't so much a challenge as it was used to be, between going from a mobile device and a desktop uh, mm. device? Because I feel like sometimes I go to a website on my phone and I love it, and then I go when I'm at the office and I'm at my desk and I pull it up and I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're not for me. I mean, I've literally had, isn't this, this is this the same website? I mean, I, I've had that thought in my head. How does that work? Yeah. So actually that's a great question. And that's a big mistake that people make. Um, one, you want your website to look good in both places because, and, and actually probably 65% of the people are going to be looking at it on their phone. So oh. make sure it looks good there, but then a lot do what you do. They're sitting in the doctor's office. They're sitting in the, you know, in the carpool line and they're scrolling through and they're like, Oh yeah, I need to look this company out and they'll scroll through it. Oh, here's my kid. Gotta go. Then they get back to the office or home and then they pull it up on their laptop. So whatever technology, whatever program you're using to build your website, most of them will let you view it in both mobile view and laptop view. Most people building a website actually build it in laptop view. And so the it's kind of funny because usually it's the opposite from what you said. Usually it looks great on a computer and not so good on mobile. But it's kind of one of those you have to think about. Your laptop is wide and your phone is tall. So when you're building it, it will take the wide part and then just kind of squish it and make it tall or stack things. So you just, whatever program you're using to build it, make sure you're looking at it both ways. And when you're deciding on which program to use, 
you're going to use to build your website, make sure you pick one that allows you to edit both places, to yeah. edit in laptop and edit in mobile view. So I have the same thing on my website. It's the same material, but it in, in the same colors, the same word, everything's the same, but it does look a little bit different on mobile simply because everything's stacked tall versus wide. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great explanation. And I and I assumed more people used their phones, but I hadn't heard that stat. So that's really good information to know. So people need to be thinking about that when they're thinking about their content. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mobile view. And it's becoming more and more prevalent mobile view. The other one that people forget is tablet view because your tablets, it's, it's not as tall as mobile and it's not as wide as laptop. And so it kind of squishes everything together. So you do have to look at it in tablet view. I'll, I'll just tell the audience, I use WordPress and I use the Elementor page builder and it, Elementor is free. It's a, it's a free plugin if you use WordPress and you probably don't know what plugin means if you don't use WordPress. But anyway, if you're in that realm, that's the one I use. And Elementor has a feature where you like build it on, you know, whatever view you want, and then you can change views and you can change how it looks in each view and then make sure that it's going to look good in every view. So whatever you're using, make sure you look at all of the views, including a tablet too. Got it. Got it. That's awesome. Okay, April, how can people connect with you? Because you've given us some great insight and some great advice. And I want to make sure that people know how to reach you and how to get more information and nuggets of, of, of information from you so that they can be on the right path with their website. You bet. So I'm on Instagram at April Hyatt website design. And then also my website is the best place because everything is on there. So it's aprilhyatt.com. And on my website, I have lots of freebies, lots of resources that you can download to get started. If you want to DIY your website, I have a free website planning mini course that will tell you literally all of the steps you need to take to plan your website. Okay. And then of course, you know, if you want to work with me, I build websites. And then I also have a course that if somebody wants to DIY their website, but they just want a little extra help rather than going down that YouTube rabbit hole, if they you know, want somebody to walk them step-by-step, step, I do have a course on that too. That's awesome, April. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Saturday Soundbites. I loved all the rich content you provided. And I know so many people are going to go look at their websites right now, both on a tablet and, and on their phone. And they'll probably make it over to the desktop too, just to take a look. Right. Yes. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, guys, that wrap, wraps up this episode. It was great to have April Hyatt on. Make sure that you connect with her. All of her contact information is in the show notes. So I want to make sure to drive your attention over there. And I want to remind you that if you are listening to Saturday Sound Bites on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. We don't want you to miss any episodes. And if you are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, drop us some comments. And if you have any questions for April specifically, tag her in the comments. I know she will be happy to connect with you and share some more great information. So with that, I'm going to be sending you lots of positive energy and light for today. And we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.